0: People may say I can't sing, but no one can ever say I didn't sing. A quote from opera singer Florence Foster Jenkins. To her own ears, her voice was just as flawless and powerful as her contemporaries. But to the audience, it was something else. This week, we study the inspiring yet cautionary tale of Jenkins' life and how she would acquire the title The World's Worst Singer. How's it going? Welcome, everybody, to the Phantom Jukebox. I'm Ty Lindsey. I am Joseph Shannon. And uh, I want to thank you for tuning
1: in uh, this episode three. Yes. I am very excited for this one. Yes. yes. So she thought she was a great singer
0: or? Oh, we'll get into it. Hon- um, honest to God, she thought she was
1: like Honestly, allegedly, she thought she was great. Yes. That's oh, best that's, way I can put that's it. That's such a big fear of mine. <laughs> like, seriously, <laughs> that's. Oh, that's horrifying.
0: We will get to that. Uh no, that we there, this <laughs> Yes, fully sounds. Um we will we will get to that. Um there's a lot of this episode is a timeline. Okay. So I'll go back nice. and I'll go back and explain that. And everything is making sounds. Cool. Thank you, computer. Um, so this is our first Thanksgiving episode, pretty much, because this is coming out on the twenty second. Yes. Um uh, Thank you for joining us on this Monday. By the way, um, the our the Phantom Jukebox is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please rate and review. That really helps the show. Basically, if you uh, if we get the interaction from you guys and the uh, the ratings from you guys, we can slowly climb the charts and start competing with other people at this level, and then just keep going beyond that. Because I've got to uh, definitely got a lot of plans for this. I, I eventually want to get into like live shows, but we need uh, we need a, a number. We need we need to be able to prove that we can bring people to a show, basically with yeah. live shows. So we're we're getting to that, but I very very much want to do one so bad. That'd be pretty cool. It would be cool, like having visuals with this, because this the and this episode too has like a couple pictures where like it's not like Robert Johnson where there's like three. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, you know this the, her life is actually pretty well documented, luckily. That makes the boopty boopty a little bit easier the clickety clackety yeah, yeah much easier so you can follow us on twitter on uh twitter.com twitter.com wow i'm so old <laughs> follow us on twitter <laughs> at phantom jukebox underscore facebook with a uh, phantom jukebox all one word and then instagram phantom jukebox podcast you can check us out uh tell us what you like about the show tell us uh, what your favorite parts were of each episode so you yes. got to Cool Elvis facts. We've got Robert Johnson, and now we're going to have Florence Foster Jenkins to talk about.
1: Let us know if you would much rather someone tell you if you're a bad singer than just believe that you're a great singer and not be. That's you what you know? I want to get into That's with that. Uh, especially, especially really by the end of this episode,
0: I want to. Well, we're going to have a bit of a, a recap and uh, just to kind of reflect because, yeah this this story took turns. I wasn't expecting it to. Uh, I thought this was going to be uh, like a, oh, ha, ha, not like a, I was going to say hottie dog because it's somebody's life here, but I thought it was going to be a little more um, one, maybe one dimensional, like interesting, but one okay. dimensional, if that makes sense. But this, this story has a lot, uh, so many more layers and I, I kind of underestimated it that huh. way. Okay. Um. Yeah. So uh, if you, if you've never heard, may, maybe some people have heard the name. Florence Foster Jenkins before, and there's actually a movie from 2016, 2016 starring Meryl Streep called Florence Foster Jenkins. Huh, I didn't know that. I I didn't either. And if I had seen it at the time, I would have no idea that it was based on a real story. Huh. Um. I I I got to see like clips of it. I really I didn't have time to actually like watch that movie. Okay. Um. But there is an episode I want to do, and some point in the future where we compare. Uh, maybe as like a side thing. I like, yeah. like maybe like a bonus content where we compare like Bohemian Rhapsody to
1: Queen's real story and oh, so on. Yeah. Because I, I, I have a, a opinion about a lot of those documentaries on singers and musicians that yeah. Versus the real story and how much that left out. I just think it's very rude to change somebody's story when you, when
0: you're like, uh, you know, yeah. the story of Queen, but it's like based on the story of Queen as
1: if he's not already a very interesting person.
0: Well, isn't Freddie Mercury just not the only interesting guy, though? Like, yeah.
1: Everybody in that band was a virtuoso.
0: Yeah. Uh, and they they downplay, I mean, I'm, as a bassist, I, I'm a little biased here, but they play <laughs> down uh, uh, the John Deacon, Joe Deacon. I don't know. I think it's John Deacon, the bass player. Uh, he wrote, like, at least, I, I don't, I don't want to say at least three. He He definitely wrote Another One Bites the Dust. Wow. Some of their biggest songs. Yeah. But, that's a that is a bonus content I do want to get to, but uh, I story think story for another time. Story for another time, and I think this one's going to make that list because I don't I don't know if we'll like I don't know if we'll dedicate a whole episode per one, but maybe,
2: uh, but,
1: maybe, but maybe. Let us know if you'd like to hear the story. Yes, tell us on our social medias. Let us do the googling for you. Yes, um, you real quick before we get started, you had like a cool Robert Johnson uh, thing you were telling me about earlier. Oh, I definitely. I was listening to uh, just, you know, he is actually on Spotify, which I guess someone else had to do. Yeah, his, that, remember that record I was telling you about that Columbia
2: yeah.
0: released? That is what's probably on Spotify. Like, it's pretty much that's what's on Spotify, like the remastered recording. I was
1: listening to, I think it's the second most popular on his top five on Spotify, and it's Me and the Devil Blues. And you can definitely tell <laughs> he was playing off of the fact that. Yeah, people think I sold my soul to the devil. Whether I did or not, I'm gonna make some money off of it. Well, it's not not bringing people yeah. to the bar. <laughs> I'm not saying I did, but I'm definitely not insinuating I didn't. Yeah, no. It's like uh I, I mean it's kind of half true, but any press is good press kind of thing. Yeah. So
2: mm.
1: I mean the opening lines are like, uh, he knocked on my door, I said hello, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the opening
0: verse. Uh there's a there's a, uh, a. I've been trying to think of like extra thing, like extra like fun things we can do. There's a another thing I want to do where it's like a metal lyrics or like Disney songs. <laughs> 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 if you don't have like the bubbly soundtrack in the background, oh,
1: it's creepy. Some of them can be really creepy, especially Lion King and Lion King too.
0: I think be, if you didn't pick a, a verse like randomly in the middle, I think a lot of people could tell that one. Yeah, it's pretty popular. But there's a um. Oh, again, spent all day on that, but uh, yeah, this this content coming, I think, with some extra fun stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that with Robert Johnson or metal lyrics, yeah. I said
2: hello, Satan.
1: <laughs> that could work very well. <laughs> oh, I might have to try that. I don't know. I. Uh, oh man, who's the guy with the
2: King Diamond? Yeah, yeah. Hello, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it. All right, so uh,
0: we're talking today, however, about Florence Foster Jenkins, who was born Narcissa Florence Foster. And uh, I don't know if I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Okay. N-A-R-C-I-S-S-A, like narcissist, but Narcissa. Uh, That's definitely original. And that actually, it's like, uh, it's not the that is a real name i mean it's i mean obviously it is here but i don't think at the time it was necessarily uncommon huh. maybe not the most common but like it's not a, a name no one's ever heard of before like they didn't just make it up well
2: i've never heard of it before
0: i think it's a uh, greek for daffodil i think what it was huh. i think it i think it's that and it's a uh, based on and if you're wondering that sounds a lot like narcissist <laughs> <laughs> it uh, it is based on the that greek god Narc- narcissus i think his name was huh the guy who was like the, the character who's obs- he's not a god but he was the character obsessed with his own reflection okay And he tries to kiss it and he drowns <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah yeah fun That's with the story fun with greek mythology <laughs> uh
1: she was born july 19th 1868 wow um How do we have more information on this person?
0: Uh, believe it or not. So we are going to talk about, uh, uh, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but let's just, uh, there will be a point where I do answer that question. Okay. I will be able to, let's just say it was, it was documented specifically by a person. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, she would wind up being, I mean, if you compare Johnson to this, uh, to her
1: situation, world's more popular and Uh, you know she's she especially popular while she's alive is that a big difference too in in certain circles yes because robert johnson was more after he passed and then he got more i think more recognition right right oh you mean um yeah she gained a lot of clout after she died um
0: but maybe not as much as robert johnson it's like they're kind of inversed that way where okay. like Robert Johnson's popularity blew into this. So then yeah, this that makes legend, sense. And she was way more popular to begin with. And then, yeah, people found out about her later, but it's not on the same scale by any means. Like she doesn't have myths about, her. Oh, okay. She just has, a she very didn't unfortunate- sell her soul to the devil. If she did, she got ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna, Cause we're going to get into, uh, oh. we're going to get into her singing and I'll, I'll, I'll be playing a sample for you later. Okay um she was myself yeah you will you will need to she was born July 19th uh 1868 she's an American socialite amateur soprano uh who became known and mocked for her flamboyant performances and costumes and notably poor singing oh
2: she so it's like Elton John without the talent oh (laughs) oh okay pretty much wow I love Elton John yeah
0: but um so she came from wealth. Um she came from like a Pennsylvania uh Pennsylvania family. Wow. Uh but yeah, she came from a wealthy family in Pennsylvania and her father was like a a high-paid lawyer for like socialites and stuff. Oh wow. Yeah. So she came from money. Got and, the money. And she was yes, she was used to it. Yes, at least. Wow. Her her dad data, her her dad her dad had the money. Okay. So um and, I mean, believe it or not, for all the crap she gets about her uh, singing ability, she was a talented piano player. Oh. Uh, when she was around, I couldn't find an exact number, but let's just say between five and eight. There's a lot of things, because like a lot of people will say the same things, where, like, they did the same things, but at what time and what specific numbers, mm. I really tried to find what I, what I thought was, like, a believable number. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of these wind up being like estimates, but they're as close as I can get them. Okay. So I'm scouring. Like I'm, I'm having to do like, uh, uh, virus scans on my computer every now and then because of <laughs> some of the sites that are built by the really janky sites. I have to go on to find some of this information. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So pretty much where we're at though is between the five, I'm going to say eight to 10 year old range. Actually. Um, she was good enough to perform at the white house. Wow! Like she was good at piano. At piano, but I don't have any recordings of that. Uh, but she was very good at piano, uh, and she her her dream in life was to study music and be a musician. Okay. And uh, based on how much time she put into practicing piano, it sounded like that's where it was going to go. Oh. Huh. But her father did not want that. Oh. It's kind of the classic, like I want to play guitar and be in a band, and then like your parents going, <laughs> no. Well, specifically, her father going, no, and if you do, I'll cut you off. Wow, yeah.
1: So this was before or after playing at the White House, though. This is uh, after playing at the White House. Really, I really don't understand. You would that. Think that yeah, you're good enough to play at the White House. You're probably good enough to make a living. Probably, I'm at least ninety five percent sure like, about I, that.
0: I don't have uh, any recordings of her playing piano, but I mean, like, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure the White House. At the time doesn't have time for oh, she's so cute playing my area had a little lamb, like yeah, I don't think it would be like a a a sympathy uh recital, you know, yeah. like they don't have time for that, so I'm pretty sure she had to be pretty good, definitely, I would think so, um, and her dad was like a i mean a lawyer, so you'd think you'd want i mean we're looking at a way different time period though, yeah, so I, the expectations of um yeah, there were certain roles people had to play in society, and unfortunately, especially for women. Yeah, her dad uh, definitely didn't want her to be a pianist. Just for one reason or another. And I, I mean, for us it would be like,
2: Yeah, get it, baby girl, you're playing at the White House.
0: <laughs> definitely. You know, like that would be all about that, you know? We're going to the <laughs> symphonic
1: or- orchestra.
0: <laughs> but uh yeah, no, not such the case here. Um and uh, in 1885, so at 17, she wind up eloping with her first husband, Frank Thornton Jenkins, uh, a physician 16 years older than she was, and they moved to Philadelphia. Okay. So we skipped a little bit. <laughs> she's not 10 years old and getting married. Yeah. So, you know, we skip a few years to uh, when she's 17. And then, you know, she gets married, moves to Philadelphia. Uh, later, she learned... Because her husband was fooling around that uh, she contracted syphilis from him. Oh. Yeah. Which is a, I don't. A wee bit more deadly. A wee bit 1800s. more deadly at the time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she learned that she contracted from her husband and, you know, it was definitely from her husband because she wasn't going around really. Um, and so she winds up leaving him. Wow. But they didn't technically divorce. Okay. Because divorcing at that time would be damning
1: for her social reputation. Oh. Because wow. it's like, a,
0: oh, she got divorced.
1: It's, it's, well, very- we can't hire her. She's been a divorcee. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's bizarre. It's, wow. Uh, to think about the how things have changed over time. Yes. I'd hire pianists, but not a divorced pianist. The-
0: Why, yes. The White House, you say. Very impressive. Divorced. <laughs> 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 There's the door for the divorcees. <laughs> it's much smaller than the regular door for the married women. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, she never technically divorced, which is going to play into a thing later. And then uh, Doctor Frank Jenkins passes away at 1916, so oh. she becomes technically a widow. Widower. A widow. A widower is the man. A oh. widow is the lady. Oh yes
1: learn things every day
0: yes so if like you're uh, if yeah yeah you get it um it would be said that an arm injury kept her from being a pro pianist um, oh. and then so she would uh teach so she would turn to teaching lessons because she's good enough to do so no i so some things kind of made me wonder about that uh because i couldn't find anything specific about the arm injury I looked Uh, up like is it her elbow is it specifically her hand because you need so much dexterity when your hand in in your hands to play some of these pieces yeah Um, I've watched some people on like a on a classical thing like a Victor uh Victor Boyga I don't know if you ever heard of him he's a a comedian pianist he passed away a while ago hilarious yeah um but the thing is he's he's also an incredible piano player but he's also cracking jokes and you just watching his hands. Even at like eighty, he was like so good. But like you just, it just hurts the
1: backs of my hand to watch like how his yeah. muscles have developed. And even just the multitasking of that, like being able to yeah. remember like and to recite, recite jokes and travel at the same time and playing the piano, yeah, yeah. while cracking jokes. That's I'll have to, uh, I highly recommend Victor Borg if
0: you have like a day you need to laugh. Yeah, he's he's hilarious. Okay. Um, so I couldn't find any specific, anything specific about her hand injuries. I, I really looked. So that made me suspicious of some things. Um, she's also struggling financially because she's making, you know, piano. Think of a piano teacher and they're not necessarily rolling in it. And yeah. she also comes from wealth. So her dad's cut her off, by the way. Oh, yeah. Because she's pursuing music. So good on her for pursuing her dreams. Thank you, Ziggy. <laughs> that's my my beloved dog chasing her tail because it is a demon in her eyes (laughs) um so she is pursuing music so she's been she's been cut off officially so she's on her own money yeah giving piano lessons and think about any piano teacher you've probably ever known they're not necessarily pulling up in like bentley's yeah stuff so she's struggling especially at this time where there's just not a lot of like there's more need for like somebody who can do well, Yeah, just think of how many kids you think at this time there's, there's just still child labor at this time. Yeah. So they're, they're not, they don't really have, there's not really a lot how of, how many other to, parents
1: are like, right. no, I don't want my kid to learn piano. Uh, and yeah, it's just not
0: going to happen. Um, so it, because she couldn't play piano, she would then turn to singing. Oh, because she really wanted to do music. Um, and we're gonna get into that more specifically later but um the thing so getting back to the arm injury and i couldn't find anything on it and this is not verified this is all this is this is probably like uh, we did uh, uh kind of a straight up myth yeah. with uh, elvis we did a legend with uh robert johnson and now we're doing a straight up interesting life with yeah, Lawrence foster jenkins just facts a l- the most of this is hard document facts, and there, I mean, the, the opinions are going to come to later. are opinions, but they did come from people that are quoted. Yeah. Um. So you know, leave that. Taken. I mean, as factual as you can get. As from you can 1800s. get. Hundreds documented at least. Yeah. Exactly. Technically, and uh but this is where we get into like the. This is the only amount of like speculation, not really conspiracy, but speculation. We're going to get into in mm-hmm. this episode because this is pretty straightforward. It's just that interesting. Um is that syphilis affects your nerves. Okay. So the theory is, is that this, like the disease she would wind up getting, you know, the syphilis she would get from her first husband eventually starts affecting her hands. Oh, you know what I mean? So it takes me, down. I don't know how, I don't know in what way and I don't know how bad, but enough for her to not pursue being
1: a pro pianist. Wow. Are we for sure that she didn't kill him? (laughs) Because if I got a disease from anyone, could make me not play guitar anymore oh i'm coming after you <laughs> that's I uh, man uh that's life damning uh, as a musician especially someone who loves that craft not being able to do that anymore for any type of reason it's wanting it so bad you can taste it you know what i mean yeah and even
0: like imagine um the sadness of uh Maybe like in the subconscious sadness of like watching, like maybe she had a prodigy student, you know? Yeah. And she's like, no, oh, you used to be able to play that song, you know? Wow. Sad. It's really, really yeah. sad. And she did not ask for it all. And basically i she kind of got screwed over playing by the rules. Yeah. And then, uh, maybe there was a point where she's like, well, playing by the rules didn't work. So, I mean, fuck that. I'm going to go into, uh, I'm going to do what I want to do. Maybe that, maybe, maybe, OK, maybe I have that again is a little more speculation, but I would hope Hopefully. that's the attitude she had. And I think that what we're going to come across is uh, maybe this is what she, maybe how she thought. <laughs> OK, so in 1900, it's so long ago. In 1900, she moves to New York with her mother. Um, she's pretty much broke. Uh, she's not. You know, she's just living off of the music lessons she's teaching and um she still like very very much wants to do music okay so maybe she's, awesome. she 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 moves away you know she goes to uh yeah it's in new york like new york city new york wow like the the big city cuz i mean she's a she wants that life she wants yeah. the the broadway thing in uh if that's the little click clack by the way is ziggy again we'll probably hear that throughout the episode uh, we'll get the doppler effect too as it goes from left to right in 1909, she would meet British actor Saint Clair Bayfield. He was a broke Shakespearean actor, and Ray, and he was also raised in, uh, like wealth—the British uh, aristocracy, aristocracy. I think is the word. Okay. So he came from like, uh, like I believe wealthy landowners and stuff. But he didn't inherit anything. Oh. And at one point, they said that he uh, herded sheep in New Zealand. Wow. Before going to New York to be an actor, because he's like, you know, it's more profitable than herding sheep in New Zealand. <laughs> maybe, maybe the the maybe rock, the Rock Hard Foundation that is being a Shakespearean actor <laughs> in New
1: York. In New York, in New York, Shakespearean actor.
0: To his credit, plays were still the you know the 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 big shit at the time. Yeah. So
1: I mean, all the rage, all 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 the rage in 1909 just not for him yet because he was still broke yeah (laughs) he's still broke (laughs) sorry sorry i apologize to everyone
2: (laughs) dakota just rolled her eyes um so later also later in 1909
0: her father dies of kidney disease and leaves her a large trust fund oh wow so uh and as much as we, you know, as much as he did not care for her to pursue music at the very least, and as and much as kind of being a dick for yeah. not letting her pursue music, because I mean, a lot of people can't, but in her particular situation, yeah. she could have. Her dad was, you know, stupid wealthy at the time. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read off his, uh, uh, his estate, which I've got the numbers for actually. Wow. With approximated numbers for. Yeah. Uh and he had the money and he had the social status and he's a he's a friggin' lawyer, so he had the power to make it happen. Yeah. So it's if anybody was allowed to be a pianist, it was Florence Foster Jenkins. You yeah. know? I I just think it was one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, 16, you're gonna be an old maid. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you need to get married. Have yeah. 20 kids so three of them can survive. <laughs> Uh, so in 1909, her father dies of kidney disease, but to his credit, he does leave her and uh, her mother the wealth. Well, I mean, now she can't play piano. So it's like, uh, well, um, well, she makes do believe me. Yeah. Florence does make do. Oh, by the way, she she's Florence Foster Jenkins. She keeps the Jenkins from her first husband. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know if I expressly said divorced. that. Yeah. Technically. Yes. Um yeah you know, to hit so he also like from what i read it wasn't like an eye rolly thing he left them the money like it was in the will huh he didn't like it all goes to your mother because that brad of mine was trying to she <laughs> just spend it all on microphones and stuff you yeah know, he uh he did give it to her so okay. he 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 did suck for a very long time but um he his so we're talking 1909 talking 1900s money right yeah now. And his estate was estimated in total between two hundred and fifty and three hundred thousand dollars. Okay, which estimates this estimates, by the way. So, all the math crunchers out there, I'm sorry, but this is as close as I could get to being something around ten million dollars. Nice. Um. So they wouldn't get the full like ten million because it's like debts had to get paid off and stuff like that. Yeah. So she would get something. Uh to the to the ring of three to five million dollars wow over Still. time yeah so like i think they said the installments came quarterly and like it, i was wondering what a trust is but apparently it's uh instead of handing you a sum of money at one time it's broken into like allowances okay so whenever five million dollars broken into a quarterly installments would be is what you would get Wow. Which is still an insane amount of money. Yeah. Especially in the 1900s. That's not having to work. No, 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 no. Uh, After this, yeah, no. So now she's got the funding to pursue this music career, and boy howdy, does she say, we're done teaching piano lessons. (laughs) Uh, So Bayfield, of course, being the broke Shakespearean actor he is, becomes her manager. (laughs) Uh, Jenkins and Bayfield enter a common law marriage, so they had the formal ceremony. Okay, but they did not have the paperwork, as as far as I'm to understand it. Huh. So yeah, they didn't. There's no like, there's there's no like. I don't think there's a marriage license. Okay. Ah, uh, but they had a common law marriage. They had four witnesses. It's very very small ceremony. She was 41 at the time, so she's got 41 years of being. Broke as hell, yeah. But imagine at forty-one, and you just inherited a shitload of money, wow. uh And now it's like, well, the first half of this life sucked, so now I'm gonna make the most of it with the second half. Yeah. So, and then uh, Saint Clair was thirty-three. Okay. So she was she was a cougar. Oh, if you will. Um, the also the common law thing is likely due to her not being divorced. I don't know if I yeah expressly covered that so they couldn't like technically
2: legally uh,
0: for some reason or another get married or maybe she just didn't want to officially state it so it's like she was remarried
2: oh, i think it was, that, I was
1: probably frowned upon too yeah because it would be that would mean she got divorced well even just the widow it's like aren't, Being widow,
0: no because it wasn't her, it wasn't her fault that he died
1: yeah but isn't it like frowned upon no you're supposed to stay a widow
0: I don't know that. I don't, I don't know.
1: I don't know if during that time it's like if, if technically like you're allowed to move on, I guess. That would be something that's you know? interesting. Like culturally. That would be interesting to find out. I don't know that. Hmm.
0: Um, I thought it was because she didn't want people to know that. Um, you know, she was technically remarried again. I mean, people would know everybody in the social yeah. circles would know, but maybe it was like a, to avoid the outside people from understand, you know, misunderstanding. I don't hmm. I don't know that part was still kind of in the gray but i do know they didn't officially officially get married um there is also a theory so a little more speculation that saint Clair wanted her money right yeah so it's like you just so you just start dating somebody i mean i i hate to point this out and you'll see from our picture that i've got on facebook we got we're gonna get on instagram and all that but and, and it only became only because this came up multiple times in the research and in a documentary I watched about this. Florence wasn't a looker, huh. she was not a very attractive woman. One of the people said she kind of looked like a guy, oh, like it was pretty harsh. Yeah, um, she just wasn't very attractive. Okay, uh, it's you can, eh. and she was 41. and I don't uh, money was really working for her. money was working for. Her. And like, well, when I say 41 men marrying older women was super uncommon. Yeah. And that was, that was it was obviously supposed to be the other way around as one sided as that is. Um, and plus her being so much older than he was, but you know, by yeah. that mouth So by the way, she led around St. Clair, she was she was the leader in the relationship all oh, the way. Yeah, uh, she can. You know, she's like, "You're gonna do this," and he said, "Yes." No, I don't really have any many many ways to put it. They just said he liked powerful women. Oh, okay. So he got what he wanted. I ain't, I ain't gonna he keep seemed shame. happy in that way. Uh, but uh, yes, yeah, so I imagine, you know, because Saint Clair was a ha- was by the accounts and based on the pictures, wasn't a bad looking guy. And he was British in New York. Yeah. So it's the theory is that he's he's hanging around her for her money, but her dad being the lawyer that he was put in his will that the trust cannot be transferred in any way to any husband she might have. Huh. Um, So like dad move, it wasn't going to go to her first husband. So the first husband was never going to get it, even though that was never an option. And in the unlikely event that she were to be remarried, it can't go to, uh, St. Claire either. Okay. So, uh, that is a very dad move and actually yeah. very much respected because that protects her. Yeah. It, it does. Uh, cause it, yeah. You know, in a normal sense, you know, they would get married, he would get half of everything and then he could just leave her with half of everything mm. out the gate. But that does leave her to having to be, um, wise enough not to get in with people that are going to use her for her money yeah um <laughs> and if he was with her for the money she didn't really let him have a lot of it because she would pay his rent and like a eh, apartment and she would stay in these really really nice hotels <laughs> so she okay her his managing fee was paid by by her uh his rent basically yeah so uh it is in 1909 pretty much she immediately starts taking voice lessons
2: and uh uh she pro- was it 1909 to 1912 in
0: that time I guess she's she's practicing I guess if you want to call it that yeah um uh, immediately switches from being broke to living the high life in New York City like she's like I'm getting out of this dump I'm getting into like the Ritz uh, she joined several social clubs, and the social clubs are basically just like your your high crust uh of society getting together at these like you know just like clubhouses where they talk about like the fine arts and oh. your uh you know what are, what are the uh, the regular people into these days yeah you know yeah it's just like it's basically it's just it's a social status thing and there there were a lot of different ones and she joined a lot of them because she immediately wants to get into that group
1: yeah i mean she went from having not having enough money to do anything to having enough money to
2: i can do anything i want now she's one of the few people uh you know if like uh
0: you know the question it's like what would you do if you got a million dollars and you're like man i don't even know how i'd spend all that not a, <laughs> not a question with florence yeah she had a plan florence had been spending that money in her mind for 41 years yeah uh watching the uh watching kids have a hard time get through mary had a little lamb wow and then uh daddy dies and leaves her shitload of money and she's yeah. like oh, oh. man <laughs>
1: I already know what shoes I'm going to buy. I know like what house I'm going to get. Well, cause like up till 17, right. When she ran away with her new husband. Yeah. She was living that life, right. With her parents. Um, I
0: mean, as, as much as, um, they as didn't a really 17 have, year old would, as a, as a wealthy 17 year old. would. I mean, they don't really get into how her life was before, like mm. when she
1: was a child, but I imagine it was, I imagine it was like, she didn't really want for much. Yeah. Just, I guess kind of, until 41 missing that lifestyle i guess probably and yeah so. from 17 to 41 yeah just like just especially getting the the disease
0: too like yeah. just I, I mean i mean in her mind and in, in some ways that she's she got her due you know yeah And um, that money hits and it's finally cha-ching uh so she joined a bunch of these like social clubs to get you know, to get in with all these like higher other crusted people that are other trust fund kids yeah definitely other wealthy socialites other opera singers that's a big one too huh um because opera was you know was a thing in the 1900s it, okay. I mean, it's still kind of it's it's not nearly as popular as it is now but it does still have a dedicated fan base yeah um so yeah we got we covered that so in 1912 at 44 she starts to give uh oh, also if I didn't mention she becomes the chairman of music of the of a lot of these different social clubs. So she's huh. like you know, she kind of helps plan different events. Uh, she will not really talent scout, but she's like an organizer of like if there was a show to be put on by a social club. Oh, nice. Like, um, let's just say social club A presents uh the Barber of Seville. Like she would be the one putting yeah. that together uh but in 1912 at 44 she starts giving her own private like little shows in like uh, her apartment yeah. or places like that and i think this is a good point for us to get into uh a recording oh jeez so, and so we're we're going to actually talk about this recording later cuz this recording was done much later okay but i wanted at this point cuz everybody's dying To know what this lady sounds like. Yeah. And I wanted it to narratively make sense. So we're definitely into the meat of her career now. And uh, I don't. I don't really know how to describe it. I hope this works. Uh, Please forgive my uh, computer speakers. Okay. To your ears, Joe. Okay. All right. So...
2: oh no that's
1: oh oh man there's notes in there somewhere yep you get it girl His (laughs) Does this
2: words, <laughs> <So laughs> are there
1: any words in that, or is uh, that just...
0: right, so? It's about uh, about a minute of uh, Florence squealing, Foster yeah. That's uh, for anybody wanting to know, oh, uh, for you know, what was that? That was the Queen of the Night, written by Mozart, performed by our Florence Foster. Drink. Oh, um, she did a Mozart piece. Well, we'll get it. I, I do have we're going to talk about specifically her singing coming up right now. We're still in the wow. Tonight. We're still in the timeline. Okay. And yeah. we, we jumped a little ahead with that because she would record that much later in life. But that is just an example of what we're talking about uh, with how she sounded. And uh, that that's just that's what she's
1: presenting to people. Like that wow. is how she sounded the whole time. How did.
2: I wonder if it's in that circle. Do you just. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. 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 Great. Those. Good job.
0: You are touching on something we are certainly going to get yeah. to. You're actually dead on it.
1: Because right? I'm hearing it for the first time. That sounds like a comedic piece. Right. Oh like, yeah. Not to be taken seriously. I'm clearly She's doing Syria. this She's as a joke. Dead serious. Oh.
0: She thinks she sounds fucking amazing. Wow. And uh, so you, you are dead on it and we are certainly going to be addressing that <laughs> as we get once we get through the timeline uh, cuz we only got a couple more we got a couple more stops to make but um you are that is 100% how this goes on for so long. Oh, that's so
1: frightening. It's so cruel. That's scary. It's very scary. Again, if I sounded like that, please tell me. Tell me. <laughs> oh, cool. So hang it so so uh so this
0: that recording happens much later we'll talk about it but in 1912 she's putting on um these little performances for the the high end of society excuse me so her different social clubs are getting together so she would do these at different clubs too like she would just like she would obviously book herself because she's the chairman of music yeah she's going to book herself in like the main or the most important role and perform this you know stuff like not just the song but like that and um the the some of these performances wouldn't get like there wouldn't be a lot of details for them to go on but like this would get around that she would do this like every now and then these performances would make
1: it into the press you know i don't understand fine art but i wonder if that had something to do with it You know, fine arts just weird, you know? Well, we can talk about Yoko Ono if you want to. <laughs> um, in 1917,
0: she makes her own club called the Verdi Club. Oh. Which is based off a, a, a composer's name. Verdi, the Green Club. Verdi or Verdi? <laughs> it might be Ver, Verdi. It's an Italian. Yeah. You might, you know, I thought it was the Green Club too, but I think it's Verdi. Um, it reaches 400 members. Wow. So that's how big some of these clubs can get. So she knows a shitload of famous wealthy people. Wow. Which is going to come into play later Um, and includes honorary members who are also other famous actors and singers like opera singers. Oh, no. Um, Yeah. So other like she's included like other big wigs. Um, There's another name coming up later. Um, And when one way or another, she gains recognition from these performances. They also have like these aren't just like regular performances. They're like done over. The, so when I say little show at her apartment or little show at like for us, um, our band Otherworld has played like uh the Brass Mug for yeah. us. It's like you know it's, it's it's a cool bar, but it's it's no four hundred people. It's no four hundred people. Four hundred.
1: It's a fire hazard. People at that.
0: Yeah. Uh. So you know we we've played at little bars and stuff, but like even at these like little bars or well not bars for her but clubs for her. Um, she would have multiple costume
1: changes, props, and wow. set pieces. So she, performer, she no is no doubt the performance aspect of it. It's just the it's like Kiss, but absolutely no <laughs> talent. <laughs> the talent is oh, the makeup.
2: to rock and roll all night.
1: <laughs> Dressed
2: like a Viking,
1: <laughs> dude. Uh, no, she you were spot on with the whole like the uh elton john yes without the talent yes which was
2: uh because elton
1: elton
0: john for a while was an unfortunate looking individual i think yeah but, but it, what's great about him is he knew it and, and he, so he put on a show so yeah so he's like i he, there's an interview i saw with him and that's completely off topic but he he used an in interview with him and he's like i know i wasn't like a mick jagger or like bowie so he's like so i dress like donald doug I put on a show you're right <laughs> he's like just wore the crazy costumes because he's like i wasn't gonna make it on vanity fair at the yeah. time oh, oh he's so good uh in 1930 uh, so she's got like the money to like put on like she's totally bankrolling all of this by the way yeah obviously so she's buying the set pieces she's buying the props she's making and buying the cost. well i think she's buying the costumes but she designs all of this
1: do you think she's getting any money back from this? Oh, no. Like, oh, I, I severely. Like she made anything at the time from doing these. I couldn't find anything on the little
0: performances, but there's one coming up. I did get some numbers on. OK. Um, but I if we were to, if I was a betting man and based on my own experiences playing at smaller venues, you're losing money. Yeah, <laughs> you're, very, very. You're much. losing money, especially for like I mean, cover people that play covers at like, you know, bars and stuff usually do pretty well. Yeah, because it's like known songs and you're playing a catalog basically you're like a living uh you know radio pretty much but if you go and you perform live music as my experiences i paid 50 bucks one time and i just refused to play some of those places again yeah (laughs) yeah it's ridiculous i i get it i get it but um based on my experiences and also not being in this the how expensive her performance? is. Like, I like, her, any one of her shows would have cost way more than it would be to put one of the other world shows on live, right? Because all of our stuff's already paid for, and it's just setting it up, like the drums and yeah. the guitars and stuff. She's like custom making, having things custom made for each individual show. Wow, she's losing money.
1: I think yeah, and I think yeah, that, the most we're doing is like buying some merch to put on the merch table, right? You know, and having that there, but we're a couple hundred not bucks. designing a set. No, no. At least not yet. I wish. Oh, in the future. If I suddenly. In the
0: future, definitely. If I suddenly were to receive. But that's the kind of money she's got at her disposal right now. In 1930, her mother would pass away, leaving her the rest
2: of
1: it. Wow. So now she basically double it. You know what? I don't blame her one bit. I would do the exact same. If I had that much money, I don't care if I could sing or not. I'd be doing the same thing. Yeah. So she gets the other half of the Bad. family's estate stupid money so
0: she in yeah 1930 she's got stupid money yeah. she's now got like i mean depends on how much she built she went through but she's also like probably making interest in stuff at the time too wow so now she's got stupid money let's say she's got like you know after bills and taxes and stuff like seven to eight million dollars at her disposal and no kids right no kid no she couldn't yeah um That part of her life is pretty much over. Wow. Yeah. I don't think she probably wanted kids anyway, but, um, the thought of like being able to have kids, especially with the syphilis is is a no starter.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. That's unfortunate. But I, I never read anything that that was on her mind because she was very much about
2: Florence Foster Jenkins. Yeah. So I'm hoping she didn't mind not being able to have kids. Yeah, so she now
0: had she now had kiss money to go put on a show.
1: So now kiss money, kiss money, kiss performance aspect. Just none of the kiss talent. Looking still two out of three ain't bad, my friend. (laughs) And when you look a
0: little like Gene Simmons (laughs) without the makeup. Wow. Um. So we come to nineteen forty-one at seventy-three. Which is pretty good for the 1930s. Yeah. Um, She would make two recordings, uh, two of her recordings in Melatone Studios in New York. Uh, One of those recordings is the one you heard.
2: Okay. Mozart.
1: It's the aria of uh, The Queen of the Night by Mozart. At 70? 73. 73. 73. So that recording I heard was her at 73. It's her at 73. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that was uh, after some practice, is what you're saying. That's after <laughs> years. <laughs> so we're in 1941,
0: 73. She makes the two recordings. And it was described as a vanity project mainly sold to friends at these social clubs. So think of, think of what you said earlier. Not about a very friendly thing to do. Not really being able to uh, tell the truth. Or not being willing, rather. To tell the truth for one reason or another. And then, because she sold a lot of them. Yeah. Either by social obligation or by uh, alternative means or alternative reasons, which we'll get to. Um, but she sold hundreds of them. So maybe wow. she made some money because he sold them for like a couple, like two or so bucks a piece. He, right.
1: That, how do you not say something? Hundreds of people. How do you? Hundreds and years years gone by of her performing how does no one
2: say anything or did they and she didn't care because she has money you know what I mean yeah I don't know Um,
0: maybe she I don't think she didn't they didn't say she had like a a, like Elvis had the Memphis mafia like his group around with them basically his I'm not calling them all yes men but I think there's a number of them that are the reason he's dead Mm. kind of like you know like um so somebody else and like michael jackson too like there just wasn't people in their lives to be serious with them like dude you need to calm down yeah or like dude no. you
1: need to go to the gym anyone to say really put a hard no
0: yeah because the fear is if you tell anybody the stuff they don't want to hear suddenly you're not a yes man and you're not going to be in that circle you cut off yeah and you don't you don't get to be a part you know you don't get to enjoy some of the wealth that somebody else made basically. Wow. Um, they don't really say that she had a, you know, a group like that around her. It was just all these people that you, it's the quality versus quantity argument for friends. Wow. You yeah. Know, I would rather have five really great friends. Exactly. That I can bullshit with and are willing to tell me stuff. I don't want to hear. Yeah. Uh, rather than a hundred people or a thousand people to, that, that I, you know, that are all fake they're all fake yeah, yeah. so it's kind of seemed to be the situation she was in mm. fun fact uh david bowie would wind up getting one of these recordings later in life what he because uh, these recordings which he records here that she sells to her friends yeah um are the only way that we have recordings of her really yes because uh she didn't have a record deal she oh. wasn't a signed artist or anything These, well this understandable is, <laughs> <laughs> um, dodged the bullet on that one yeah so no this was all entirely um her Self-funded. wanting funded yes it's yeah. just like I want to make a mixtape you know well you go and do it then yeah and Bayfield's wow. like are you are you, going to see any money from this? Um yeah no so he uh, do she, we
1: get David Bowie's opinion um He like
0: he I believe appreciated her. Wow. Um I don't have anything all I could find on that so far was that he had an original record. But that's like later, like 1960s, 70s or whenever. Yeah. He he was like a he was a collector and that was one of the things he wanted in his collection. Hmm. But I think he appreciated her based on like Bowie being as crazy as he was. Uh and we we'll talk about, you know, our personal thoughts on this story. Yeah. But I think Bowie would have appreciated her huh. not speaking for him, but I, I think he would have being a person who tried a lot of things himself
2: huh. being an innovator. Wow Bowie's an episode. That's gotta be an yeah, episode. Definitely. We do. This life. Oh, what a, what a fascinating person. Uh,
0: so the first album was of, a for sponsor Jenkins that she would record in these sessions was an aria called the bell song from the opera lock may. Oh, she's opera. Okay. No, she she was an opera. Like she wasn't like a pop singer. She was yeah. she was a a diva, an opera diva. Wow. Um the second was a double album. <laughs> she's going oh. hard. Oh, what? Doing a double album uh of Mozart's The Queen of the Night and the Serenata Forgive me, everyone. Uh Serenata Mexicana by Cosme McMoon. Uh so McMoon is a pianist she would perform with on the regular. Oh, so this was written by him either for her or it's just a song he wrote. Okay, and she performed it. Wow. Um, the Mozart recording you hear is the one where it's like the one most people find of her. It's probably her most popular recording. So, I, I from what I'm to, I think with the the well for the the first two albums, I think there were more singles than albums. I don't know if that wording was correct that they used. Uh, Because, I mean, they're only like a couple minutes long a piece. So I think that's... Yeah. I I think it's just like literally like a mixtape with like a demo with a couple songs on it. Yeah. You know, I would have loved to have like an... I've seen an album cover, but I didn't. Maybe she just had them in sleeves. I don't know. Huh. They were recorded a long time. I don't
2: don't know. It'd be neat to see. But... Yeah. So we are going to get into... um.
0: Basically, how bad was she really? We're going to go ahead and answer that question. Then we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to go to that one. We're going to talk about we're going to break down one of her regular performances. Yeah. And then we're going to get into her biggest show, which kind of like closes out the timeline. So but first, let's get into how bad was she really? Um, so Kazuma McMoon again forgive me let's just call him mcmoon okay um you know he he would accompany her a lot live you know she'd do like these yeah. little little live shows and he would play and in the recordings you hear if you're close if you can tell and then uh live he can be heard making adjustments to compensate for her constant tempo variations and mistakes wow um, he was that means he was probably really good <laughs> yeah but i think I don't know so much that he could like um change keys so much. Like maybe he would try to like throw different notes in there. But imagine imagine uh he was like a living auto-tune, if that makes yeah. sense on the piano. And he would do his best to compensate and try to make her sound like what we're hearing in that Mo- the Mozart thing that Mozart recording. Excuse me, yeah. Is a pianist working his damnedest
1: to make her sound as good as possible. But I mean for her to record with somebody—that's her best hope. Yeah, is someone who can do that. Oh, and and she,
0: uh, from what I can tell, uh, she just thought she was good. She thought she was like nailing it every time. Wow! Oh, in the recordings, by the way, to go back to that, um, no retakes. Really, she did it once. She would listen to it. That's good enough, or no? Sorry, not good enough. That is excellent, and you are to appreciate it as such wow she she doesn't care like she'd go in and uh it's you know how like you get in when you record if you're not familiar with the process you get in and you'll probably spend a good hour uh like making sure everything's tuned making you know mic placement yeah um you know making sure the piano is ready to go because they at the time they're doing the both of those simultaneously okay uh, there's no. There's no really layering in that such. There's a piano happening, and there's separate microphones. It's not, yeah. a, it's not a dirty hotel room in Texas. Yeah. But uh, this is a studio, but that's how they would do it. It's a live recording, and it's happening simultaneously. Wow. Um, which, I mean, if you've ever performed... if you, Some people do that. I know Megadeth did that on A Train of Consequences. Wow. And it took them to get it all the way through the song. And this isn't a knock on how good or bad they are cuz they're a great band. Yeah. And talented musicians. Uh and this is the golden era too. I think this is Nick Menza and uh, uh Marty Freeman in the band. Uh it took him like 60 times to get from start to finish of that song and do it all the way wow. through. Wow. Um I don't I, I don't and I can't remember if he did the vocals separately, you probably would just yeah. because the the microphone's going to pick up stuff, but they did all the music for that song together at one go. Probably isolated obviously, but it took sixty takes to get that right. And they are they are a phenomenal band. Like they're all, like I said, talented musicians. Yeah. And it just takes that long. That's that's four people though. So if we divide a little bit and we get down to just having two people get it right. Yeah. McMoon is just gonna have to nail it because he's the only one in that room that will be making mistakes in her mind. Wow. And so if the microphone's not in the right spot and she just like, she just would walk in. If she walked in the room, that's when we're recording. It's go time. That's the take we're going to use. And Jeez. so she just walk in and just start.
2: And
0: then like the microphone's <laughs> in the wrong spot. And the guy's like, you know, comes in. He's like, Hey, you know, I, I, I want to try it here instead to get this, you know, God bless him if he tried, but yeah, uh, I want to put this here to get a different tone. She, would no, no, that was the take. That's the one we're using. Wow.
1: Yeah. So it's not like she I, was a humble person. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how, if at all, McMoon got really pissed off at her. If she made any kind of comment, because like you said, that he's the only one that would be making mistakes in that, in her mind. If she mentioned anything, I would love to be a fly wall in the recording oh, process. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just the. I would too.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's not really a lot of quotes on him about her and based mm. on, um, she had other pianists, but they would also be fired for certain things. Wow. So I imagine to keep his job, I don't know if he like needed this job, but, uh, I wonder how much they were paying. Probably enough to probably enough to keep his mouth shut
1: <laughs> enough to make him play. And then also just keep his patient to play and play ball.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, and he must have been damn good to adjust on the fly. Yeah, like uh, to be that comfortable with a piece. And luckily, she's not uh, he, he's either playing songs that he wrote or like Mozart or something. So it's, yeah. as a person uh, who studied what he studied, it would probably be material that he's relatively familiar with. Yeah. So. Uh, he's probably able, thankfully, it's stuff he would be familiar with and be able to adjust on the fly. Yeah, um, man yeah uh, so good on him they said that she would often be flat and her diction was subpar and diction for her it's not like uh it's not like uh poor words like eight or something like that yeah it's that a lot of songs and especially operas famous operas are in yeah. foreign languages namely italian spanish and german for mozart wow so the mozart you probably heard was probably in German yeah I, I couldn't tell you and what. I'm
1: assuming she didn't just regularly speak German no 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 no. oh
0: no <laughs> ah. um so when so a lot of these are in foreign languages I mean, you'd study that and some people maybe she spoke a little bit I don't know they didn't say yeah um but she would pronounce these words poorly so I don't know if it is as extreme but if you're wondering it would be the difference between quesadilla or quesadilla <laughs> yeah you know, it's it's not saying
1: it right or and not being able to roll your R's or something. If I were to perform a song in a different language and not performing it live, but like record a song in a different language, I would record it and then have someone who speaks that language to listen to my take, give me some feedback and then do it again. See that word feedback you know? is the key word. Yeah, it is a word that does not show a.
0: it wasn't a word she understood it wasn't a word that showed up
1: without the word lack of beforehand yes
0: yes very much so uh she would also pick songs that were if she had skills far beyond them and uh vocal range so beyond her technique ability and her vocal range so technique and being your ability to like uh I don't like tone and things like that. And then vocal range is literally how low of a note to how high of a note you can hit. Yeah. And as you can hear, she didn't really have either of those things. (laughs) And she picked songs like Mozart, for example. It's a difficult song for somebody that knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Uh, Opera is hard. There's no, um, if you heard like the Bee Gees saying like high notes, Mm -hmm. like staying alive, that's called falsetto. None of that is an opera if you want to hit those high notes, you have to hit them without going like the ha ha
2: none of that, none of that nasal stuff. Like you have to hit it in your normal range
0: full voice all the time. And it is wow. Very artistic yelling, but it's all it's very, very powerful. Some opera, some opera people, uh, in the early days didn't use microphones wow yeah they're there it's very it's just
1: all core
0: power it's all power yeah that's the correct that's the best word to just describe it pushing it from here your... there's so much technique involved wow and uh and it is it's it's one of the more difficult arts I mean Pavarotti yeah. just being one of the best uh Nesun Dorma I think is his one of his the biggest song people know huh. him from highly recommend you listening to like the live performance chills wow. every time and listen to like what he's doing and watch how much effort is happening in his face of how yeah. he's like focusing on like where to place things. Wow. Nason Dorma. Uh, it's a live performance and really any of them, but there is a, a live performance. You'll probably see millions and millions of views on a lot of people react to it. Um, it's, it's a
1: uh, once in a lifetime. Like that's it. It is as close to like what I think divinity sounds like. I mean, it's one of operas, one of those things that even if you don't like opera, you can listen and appreciate and respect right the skill that has to go into that. Oh, it's it's so hard. That is a whole nother level. Yeah. So
0: that, I think that's the key too. I'm not always in the mood for like opera either, but um I will check it out every now and then,
1: especially like I yeah. said Pavarotti or the Irish tenors and stuff like that. It's cool. And then so going back to someone without the skill trying something that's some, some is poser above <laughs> above just regular pop singing. Like, didn't have the skill level for that, but she chose to go full head on into the most who could some people could say the most difficult vocal like genre.
2: Oh, yeah, you oh, know, yeah. just it's like a, it's like
0: verse, it's like walking into Guitar Center with the Guitar Hero controller strapped to your butt. <laughs> hey,
1: can I trade this, trade I'm here this to, for that one side of my fuck slash? It up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, he's playing what was
0: it from South Park? He's playing John the Fisherman acoustically. <laughs> uh, so her vocal instructor was a guy named Bill Schumann. Schumann? S C uh S-C M A N Schumann, I think it is.
2: Sure. Yeah.
0: Vocal instructor Bill Schumann was quoted saying, This is her vocal coach. Her vocal coach. Oh. oh, there's no way to even pedagogically describe this uh pedagogically discuss it it's amazing that she's even attempting to sing that music pedagogically is no relatable way to explain wow meaning no there's no way for him and this is probably like and of course he would use a, a word like pedi- uh, pedagogically yeah because uh, I, I that's a word i learned today I just, day.
1: i'm i'm surprised she has vocal coach. No, and she, she not surprised. No, like back in
0: 1909, she immediately started taking lessons.
1: But I'm not surprised that this vocal coach would use words like that yeah, to kind of skate around. Seems like
0: especially being the asshole that wouldn't tell her the truth. Exactly. He's the kind of asshole that would use a word like pedagogically.
1: I mean, <laughs> if 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 you don't take if you don't put any of the blame on the friends and the audience members, the vocal coach should have said something. Yeah, it's his job to make you yeah. a good or b tell
0: you I'm sorry, but be honest. Yeah, that's yes. their it's their job. It'd be like going to
1: like your therapist or something. You're you're fine. Yeah, I don't see any problems there. And you're like, <laughs> oh okay. I thought there were some problems before, but since you're saying I'm fine, I must be fine. <laughs> and as soon as like the door closes and you're out of the room, they're like, oh my god. <laughs> How am I going to break that? <laughs> oh, you're just, oh, you're just stalling
0: to buy time.
1: Oh. You pull that like Jameson <laughs> out of the desk and like your, your hands are
2: shaking. <laughs> Look at the <his laughs> ice cubes.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I picked a hell of a day to quit smoking. <laughs> <laughs> that cat kid's messed up. <laughs> yeah. But her, of all people, her vocal coach, like if, if anybody, yeah. It's That's what you dude. get paid to do. Yeah, it's literally what he's paid to do. Um another um uh, an opera impresario, uh Ira sif and basically a opera impresario is another like producer of operas kind of thing. Like she okay. sets up shows and things like that. Um Ira sif is uh quoted saying, "Jenkins was exquisitely bad. So bad that it added up to be quite a good evening of theater." She would stay from the uh, she would stray from the original music, and do insightful and instinctual things with her voice, but in a terrible, a terribly distorted way. There was no end to the horribleness. They say Cole Porter had to bang his cane onto his foot in order not to laugh out loud <laughs> when she sang. She was that bad. Uh, wow. End quote. Uh, Cole uh, Cole Porter is a famous composer and songwriter. By the way, like he's old. wow um
2: so they did know then. if you to, oh, all those people knew yeah they're just is it like a on running
1: joke with all of the that's audience exactly what it was that's exactly what it was wow there's such like hey, hey hey before we go in this is gonna suck don't tell
0: her like don't ruin it yeah don't tell her it's exactly what a number wow probably the over the overwhelming amount because i'm probably there, there's percentages in all of it like there's a percentage of the people like the probably the smallest, smallest percentage of people that um, are her true friends or are her friends, not true friends yeah. that are her like buddies. They're like, I can't tell her she loves it so much. I just can't say anything. It's so bad. Yeah. And then you've got the other percentage of people. They're like, well, if I tell her, I'm not going to get my,
2: you know, I'm not going to be part of the in well, crowd anymore. And also all of the audience. No one told her. Her close friends. It's already
1: gone so far that <laughs> if you're the what's one that, to say anything, what's that Johnny Depp movie, uh, Donny Brasco? <laughs> I've that, gone too far. Like, who's gonna believe? Uh, who's? How is she gonna believe the one person that comes up with after everyone else is saying, "Yeah, you're great"? You know?
2: Yeah. You can't
1: say anything now. It's gone too far. We're we're talking. Uh,
0: what she started in her 40s. So yeah, 30 some odd years. Yeah. Of like people just bullshitting this, I can't it's like. A, it's sad, honestly. It's really, really sad because um, it's was it the emperor's new clothes? It's like it's kind of yeah. that story. Oh. Um, it's, I'm I'm torn between so many emotions, like with t- so many opinions about her. Yeah. from this story, and I thought this is what I mean. Like there was so many layers to it. Like I thought it was just wow. going to be this like kind of rich lady who was bad at singing or at least a lady who was bad at singing that got a break because of some reason. Yeah. But really what it turned out to is nobody would tell this poor lady the fucking truth. Yeah. You know, um, geez. So Cole, so again, Cole Porter would be the one of like the really, really big names that would go to these performances and he would rarely miss one. Wow this guy's a dick yeah <laughs> like all the great stuff cole, i've heard cole porter before and he's a famous musician but he's also a dick yeah like that's a mean thing to do with somebody i don't know there is like it's like going to like a freak show or something and it's just like you know people like look at how weird they are and it's like that's a person man yeah yeah that's why do you gotta be that way
1: like i've i've never found any enjoyment i mean stuff like that. this was the rich person freak show of that time. really it was. I mean, that's basically
2: the haha, she thinks she's good. She's the bearded lady. Yeah. 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 Dang. Um and like you 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 already
0: hit on the next point. Like uh she, this was a this was a gag. And um according to Cosmo or McMoon or Cosme, I think. McMoon, her pianist. Yes. The audience would wait till certain crescendos in the music to laugh to hide it like the audience had this whole thing worked out it was like uh there's so many there's so many uh metaphors for this like um rocky horror picture show when you go to the performance and it's like uh when you throw toast at the screen or like rubber gloves at certain points you know there's there's a whole thing that you interact with the movie at these like theaters and stuff the audience kind of sort of had their own version of that with board Miss jenkins
1: wow Um, i mean how did like in a dramatic movie where, you know, they would... It, this exact same thing was is happening. But there's always that point in the movie where she walks in on people talking bad about her. Because you know there's got to be a lot of the audience members and everyone else when they're not at those shows just bashing her horribly. And how did that never get to her ears, you know? Well uh i do have or an answer it? for that uh it did at one point mm. um
0: now we're gonna get into so that was like basically her yelp review of wow a lot of a lot of the a lot of the most notable quotes i could find uh about her you know testimonials basically yeah. about her performances from asshole people but <laughs> all of them wow man um, and now we're going to break down what one of her regular performances would kind of consist of, you know, okay. this, these are, this isn't one in particular performance, but this is kind of like a general wash of what you were to expect going yeah. to a Jenkins show. Um, uh, and we're going to answer in this section, we're going to answer that question of like, how did she not get a lot of reviews coming back to her ears? Yeah. Um, one opera she would perform on the regular was called. Oh man, forgive me again. Cl- uh, Clavalitos. Clavalitos. Clavelitos,
2: Clavelitos,
0: C L A V E L I T O S. Wow, Clavelitos. Nope. Yep, sure. Um, Spanish word. Uh, it was her. This is her favorite to huh. perform. Yeah, and this is one she would do like in like her apartment in like the little sets she would set up this this is probably one she like well she did it both but this is one she had like really elaborate set pieces for because this is her favorite okay yeah and she would do it most shows (laughs) excuse me Uh, Clavelitos or little carnations is a waltz by spanish composer valverde san juan okay so this is a waltz for performing oh uh, she would be dressed as the character Carmen, who is from another opera called Carmen. So I don't know why I see. I don't understand opera enough to know if that's just a normal thing you did. So I don't want to like critique her on it. Huh? Like I don't know if like I don't I don't know if these are related to each other in either way. I don't think so because
1: there is a there's an opera called Carmen, and then Clavelitos is another another opera. So she's being. She's performing in one as a character from a different one. Yes. Okay. Okay. But
0: I don't, under, so I, I don't want to say anything about her yeah. on that because I don't know if that's just like a, Oh, it's just your, it's like choosing your favorite fighter in mortal Kombat you know, wow. you know, it's just, it's just a a look she liked. Yeah. You're going to do a,
1: scorpion every time.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would, I would, I would probably be Rambo or a Robocop. Oh, from the new one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. dude. <laughs> Especially the fact that a
2: sly voice is on here. <laughs> <blood>, to <it's> victory. <laughs> Cut me. Um,
0: so she would, yeah, she perform one opera dress as a. This is in this specific one. I can't really speak for the other okay, ones. Yeah. I think if she did one that was like uh, right of the Vikings or right of the Valkyries or something like that, she's probably dressed in your standard uh stereotypical viking with the big yeah. horns which by the way there are no horns on viking yeah, no. helmets that's, that's a that's a complete myth myth uh that's just that is strictly a, a stage thing yeah as it's great as those helmets look it's not accurate <laughs> um uh yeah so she perform as this character carmen from the opera carmen of course she's got to be the, the the lead character and um the performance would include would be complete with castanets and wicker baskets and flowers, which are all elements I believe of um, the little carnation song. So she's got like yeah. little flowers. She's throwing in and castanets. By the way, are those things you see or the instruments you see in Spanish music? There's yeah, like a,
1: like click a, the the, where the them you wear the finger symbols
0: not so much the symbols they make like a clicking noise oh like, click, 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 click.
1: oh yeah that one okay yeah yeah so
0: like um you'll hear him a lot in like traditional spanish music or in some other places but it's it's a really really like sharp um percussive sound like click, click. yeah you know so she's doing that like if you look up a little carnations it's usually performed that way um does she have any prior training to how to use these? Uh, based on other things, I'm probably gonna say not. Okay. If I were a gambling man, <laughs> likely not. I'd at least put a dollar on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. So so she would so she's performing with the castanets at certain points of the song along with the swans. <laughs> So the, the performance would include clicking the castanets and tossing the flowers into the audience one by one. Oh, right. So that's all, all part of the theater. And um, when she ran out of flowers, she would then throw the basket <laughs> into the audience.
1: Because people loved her so much.
0: Because people loved her so much. And then when she threw the basket, then she would throw the castanets. <laughs>
1: Oh la
2: yeah, yeah. click click
1: click,
0: click.
2: <laughs> ah, My leg
0: my leg um oh, and her <laughs> fans being so the, yeah this is like going to a Rocky horror picture show sing along situation and there's just some bad lady throwing flowers and
1: baskets and instruments Is this, this the start of moshing? <laughs> oh yeah
2: Open that pit wall of death
1: you're a little too on pitch there yeah I
2: do. <laughs> yeah
0: um her fans being the evil but brilliant bastards that they would probably be would usually demand an encore of the song wow prompting her to send mcmoon into the audience so this what? is what so she would send McMoon into the audience to retrieve the flowers basket and castanet so she could redo it all again. Oh my god, no. (laughs) Who does that? That's like um, (laughs) Joe Perry. Uh, That's like Steven Tyler uh, or Axl Rose looking at Slash or Joe Perry to be like,
2: Go get my microphone! I threw it over there! Run my errands!
1: Just as famous person as and I am. I mean especially with McMoon being the one who has the actual talent. Right. And oh my God. That uh, is and not, that's like throwing that, your last guitar pick into the audience at, like, at the last song. They demand an <laughs> encore. Oh, okay. I'm gonna need that back then. Hey bro, it's my <laughs> last one. So favorite one, give it back. <laughs> no, it wasn't
0: serious. Dude. And McMoon was like, and this is this is sending a world-class yeah. piano player into the audience to go maybe not world-class with I mean, talent a very talented musician into the audience you know it's like you have like what are called pas like production assistants or stage techs for stuff like that not that they're errand people but you don't send your talented yeah. into the crowd yeah. you have pe you know they need to stay mic'd and ready to go you have people that do running wow. errands like that i'm sorry everybody has roles i'm not talking down to my tech people but uh everybody has roles and he's a pianist yeah yeah uh so i would have loved to have a recording of that but i could not find one wow especially the sound of her like making that last couple clicks with a castanet and then you hear it
2: like it clicks a couple (laughs) times yeah
0: the delay and then the inevitable hitting somebody in the head (laughs) so that is a description of of kind of what a show would be like that's a that's a namely her most
1: Her favorite performance. And I mean, that's also a testament to her personality. Yes. So, you know.
0: So now we get to the, what I titled the biggest show. And and it would be, this is like her biggest singular performance in her career. So we're at October 25th, 1994. Wow. At 76,
2: she would perform at Carnegie Hall. Wait. The Carnegie Hall. 19 what? 1944. 1944. At 76. Okay. okay. I might have said that weird.
1: For some reason. In
2: 1976.
1: Yeah. yeah. I was like, there's no way. <laughs>
0: be surviving only on her narcissism. Florence Foster Jenkins. She'd be the age of Keith Richards at
1: that point. <laughs> at least nearing it.
0: Using her vocal powers to scare death away.
1: <laughs> she would
0: go on to continue to live for <laughs> a lifetime. Uh yeah, so she's 76 now. And that 1944. 76, pretty good. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. Um so she had been making music for 32 years, and this was the, to play Carnegie Hall was a big deal for her. It's a it was like a um, I don't know if dream was the word, but it was definitely like on her checklist, yeah, um uh,
2: Bayfield, you know, St Clair bringing him back. Thank you, Ziggy <laughs> uh, you can follow Ziggy on Instagram at Ziggy Small's <laughs> but. Uh,
0: Bayfield, her husband years later would state that he didn't want her to do this performance. No, no, wow. Uh, She's you know, he thought her voice was worn out, like she's 76. I mean, he he probably gets it. He probably, he he definitely is in uh, the up and up, the up and up on what's going on. Just
1: trying to be nice, like maybe we shouldn't, you know. He's like,
0: he probably, I imagine it was like, but darling, what left? What, what left do you have to prove you've you've done it? Yeah, you've made records. Please please, darling, I can't take anymore. <laughs> um So uh, he said uh, she was adamant and uh, I, I do like some of her quotes though, I gotta say. Uh, he said her voice, you know, he thought her voice was worn out and he didn't want her to do it, and he said she told him uh he said, but she was adamant. She said, I can do it. She told me, I'll show everybody. Wow. Her famous last words, I suppose, and then yeah, uh, yeah. So basically, she was like, "Bayfield, you get back in your hole." <laughs> I didn't say you could tell me things. Did I say to you know your place, Did I say you could speak, Bayfield? <laughs> no, no, darling. I'm sorry. Bayfield will get back in his hole. <laughs> Bayfield understands. Make me a sandwich, Bayfield. So, uh, so she sold out Carnegie Hall. Wow. Some 2000 people had to get turned away. Turned away. Wow. So the, so she spent 30 years in these like high end social clubs. Of course, these people are going to talk. Yeah. There's already hundreds of people in these social clubs. Cole fucking Porter is going to your performances and uh, the word just gets spread out and the, um, they, uh, you know, put out an official ad and then, it's kind of like mean I guess the best way to describe it is like a local band, or like a uh, maybe not a local band, but like a I don't know, think of like a county you live in and the biggest band in that county, and they're like really, really good. Yeah, and they're going to be putting on a show in a big, awesome venue where they're going to get like proper audio quality and stuff mm. like that. And yeah. it's having a you know a big enough fan base to like fill out that venue. But this is Carnegie Hall. <laughs> wow. So that level of like I mean this is New York so probably all of New York City knew or at least all the upper crust knew about her and it was enough to fill out Carnegie Hall they had to turn 2,000 people away all standing room was filled any extra it's packed place full of a-holes full of assholes (laughs) Uh, and according to witnesses, it was clear the audience wasn't there for a serious performance, but the comedy they found in the situation. Yeah, it was clear from the it was clear from Go, even to her, even uh, allegedly, yes, wow. That, that the, the the feeling in the room was that of like this is hilarious, or or like they're obviously not people that appreciate the arts. Yeah, or you know the correct arts, I guess you could say, because comedy isn't art it's very difficult yeah um but she did power through the performance which is really really Uh, hard to do from go she knew that it was a bad show and i have had shows where i've played to the backs of three people and i I, you know you you power through it just if it becomes anything it's just to get used to a stage and practice
1: yeah exactly
0: um but it is really really disheartening to yeah, like put that much work into music and to practice and, you know, have a pretty decent show. And then just people, they leave, you know, because they've got apparently better things to do. Yeah. Um, some of it can be on the promoter, some of it's on bands. Um, we were playing, uh, yes. Support like, your local music. Really support your local music. They work hard, yeah. harder than you think.
1: A uh, lot of great bands out there. And just knowing how much one more person means so much. you know yeah and i've i've also had
0: shows where like there was only like three people but they were like wh- me- me- more than three like maybe like 10 people but they were like really into it and that even makes a show great too yeah um that yeah. will make a, it'll make driving all that distance worth it you know exactly to, like have those 10 people and then you hang out afterwards and you talk about all yeah. your favorite shit yeah that's awesome
1: you get that uh community and fellowship that you don't get with larger bands, right you know with your local venues it's like it's like you know Trivium's an awesome band, but I don't get to hang out with. I'm not. I don't think you know, I'll have a beer with any of them afterwards.
0: Yeah, I don't. You. Know, I don't think I'll get
1: to. No, no. And you know, I'd love to, but likely not going to happen. Yeah, but it's like me and ten thousand other people that want to. <laughs> right. Right. And that's it's a testament to how good they
0: are. Man. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, she had. She didn't even have ten people well, that uh-huh. really liked her performances, and and at least maybe liked her. Maybe her husband. But that's still iffy with the money thing. Yeah. Um, McMoon, I don't know. There's nobody. The saddest thing is I couldn't pinpoint anybody that truly just for sure liked her other than like her mom. Wow. Uh, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, maybe maybe St. Clair really did. Maybe he really, really did. Um, uh, but it, it's, it's hard to tell. Yeah. It's, 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 there's nothing and they had like pet names for each other but i mean that could have been just a yeah. public i don't use you can't tell man but uh good on her she powered through she did the whole performance uh and of course to her she was pleased with the performance yeah uh she wasn't pleased with people's reactions but she was pleased with her performing the music specifically wow um and this is according to St Clair who was doing like the handling some of the ticket stuff of course he's handling the money Uh, The total gross income was around $4,000 for Hmm. Carnegie Hall in 1944. And unless my estimates are way off in 2021, that's over $60,000. Wow. To sell out Carnegie Hall. And they only spent roughly, and I couldn't find a good number for this, but I thought it'd be interesting to mention how much it takes to rent Carnegie Hall because it's not like Carnegie Hall invited them. They just, they rented it. Wow. Uh, but I mean, they're not going to accept all applications, but even if you get invited to play Carnegie Hall, you're probably going to pay to play at Carnegie Hall. Yeah. But not everybody can just walk in and get it. So like she had to be famous enough to rent it to, you know what I mean? Yeah. It is very prestigious to play there. And, uh, but I it, it did my estimates just going on their website and kind of Browl looking up. at things. The base price is somewhere between 10 to 15 grand. Wow, to rent it, but this isn't a. This is like a beautiful performing hall. Yeah, it's it was a really like looking at pictures. It's gorgeous. Actually, if you go on their website, uh, kind of in a weird synchronicity, uh, small world type thing. Yeah. there, there is a remembering Florence Foster Jenkins. Wow, I did not plan that. I didn't see that in coordinate. Um, but uh, yeah, there, there, it's like a remembering Florence Foster Jenkins. Huh, I oh,
2: thought it was cool. Yeah, that was cool.
1: I mean, definitely respect for her dedication. You know, she was like, I'm going to be a famous singer right. if it kills me. I got the money, I can do it.
2: It's gonna happen. <laughs>
1: he didn't let anything stand in her way, even the lack of talent.
2: Yeah. So, uh, the New York
0: Post celebrity gossip columnist, uh, Earl Wilson wrote, oof, Miss Florence, Mr., I'm sorry, Mrs. Florence Foster Jenkins 76 a widow lady of our town has a great voice in fact she can sing anything but notes wow lady florence or madame jenkins as she likes to be called if you are thinking of her as an art oh if you're thinking of her as an artiste indulged last night in one of the weirdest mass jokes new york has ever seen and she read that that's in the newspaper she read wow um, in in instances where like in a regular situation, uh, she would claim that the laughter that she was hearing would come from uh, people planted in the audience by her enemies. Oh, uh, but that was likely, uh, you know, depending on how you, depending if she knew it or not. That's either like her really thinking
2: that or her trying to say face, you know, or like, like yeah, yeah, just like believing it in in the
1: back of her mind, kind of no
0: According to Bayfield, um, until she read the reviews, she was honest, um, she honestly thought the, like, according to him, she legit thought the audience was liking what she was doing. Wow. Until she read those reviews. Yeah. Um, sadly, um, the she, t- when, so that, that would come out like the next night or next day or two, whatever, when, however, how fast a newspaper could come out. Um, so she would read reviews like that. and um. It was just it would hit her really, really hard because it was just like this giant wall. In my opinion, uh, i it it just seems like this giant wall of like uh, denial had uh, crashed, yeah. and thirty some odd years hit her all at once. Um, Crazy. and she would actually have a heart attack five days. Wow! After the show, she was in a sheet music shop, uh, buying you know, I guess buying you know, music or something. And then she had a heart attack in the store. Um, 76 though too, but it's just, I guess the combination of that old and that reality hitting you that hard is her body probably physically couldn't take it. Um, she would pass away a month later in her hotel, in her hotel, um, with some friends and a doctor by her side. Wow. So it's literally like, I can't, I mean, I made a joke about it, but really like her, her self image almost seemed to be like, what well, kept her going, yeah, honestly, like that dedication, I yeah, mean. um, or uh, dedicate this, this is then it's just this weird word to choose. Is it dedication? Is it ignorance? is us, it, Yeah, hubris? living in like a, is a
1: false it, reality,
0: false, yeah. Is it his own world you've made for herself? Um, she was buried back, um, she's buried with her family back in Pennsylvania. If you're curious, uh, Bayfield would receive about ten thousand dollars from uh. Their situation you know, they're not really married, but common law situation. Yeah. Basically being he didn't really get paid for being her husband. He got paid for being her manager. Uh, and he would receive ten thousand dollars, which equates to about a hundred thousand in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Okay. After her death, and the rest that would go back to her family. Uh basically what it sound what I think happened is kind of like that nightmare scenario or scenario, scenario, however you say that word, of uh um, it's kind of sad I, I what I'm to take from the reading and I believe I, I interpreted it as kind of that family you suddenly have when you're wealthy yeah um you know long-lost cousins and stuff I mean they were blood relatives but it's like people you never talked to yeah um started showing up and they just basically because they were kin just took over uh her situation wow uh they I, one source and i don't know the validity of it said that uh st Clair didn't even get to go to the, the, the funeral wow uh but uh i did read a couple of places where like her family just kind of took over and then just like gave him the money and that was it it, it gets really sad right yeah. towards the end and uh like i said when i started reading this thing i i thought this was just going to be this really um you know kind of fun story about this crazy person that uh uh, thought she was great but really it just turns out and we're gonna get into um the what the how the answer that all the how yeah. questions um it gets it gets a little sadder <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> brace yourself uh, so now we're gonna get into yes like how does this happen for 30 years yeah um how did this go on for so long so first we're gonna get into uh possible health issues again this is all speculatory but a couple of different sources did lean towards this. Okay. Uh, one theory is that the syphilis may have affected the nerves in her hands for the piano thing. And also it can affect the nerves in your ears and oh. your brain. Uh, so there is a theory that she literally couldn't hear what the audience was hearing. Huh? In some weird way. Um, it, the basically, I don't know. It's not like maybe it maybe just affected how she t- perceived tones. Yeah. Uh, and her voice and stuff. But, um, it, uh, yeah, she literally, like allegedly, they thought maybe she literally couldn't hear what the audience is hearing. Wow. Um, two completely different things being yeah. perceived. And, and, in my, and I just think that's a, a really kind of extra cruel because it's not like you're going to tell anybody you got syphilis yeah you know because i mean that's it's still like a a disease you get from being a a, a sleazy person and she got it from yeah. her husband who was a sleazy person you know and it wasn't her fault yeah so uh and i looked and according to the mayo clinic um it does it can affect other nerves in your body so okay. that i uh, like syphilis i've heard of, there's like People that had it that like it affected them in different ways. And I couldn't figure yeah. out exactly what the definition was, but, uh, it does, it, it attacks certain nerves as part of the symptoms. Uh-huh. Um, and some of the symptoms can be straight up deafness, tone deafness, meaning like, uh, like not being like literally medically, not being able to hear pitches. Wow. Um, and may have effect, and, uh, and it can affect other brain tissue. So that's just a general scope of all the things that it can affect that uh, may have affected her. Huh. So it could be one of these things. It could be a.
2: (laughs) Again, you can follow Ziggy on Ziggy Smalls on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) He is the wonder pup. So. Get him, Ziggy. Our neighbors doing something fascinating. Apparently, <laughs> um, the other thing
0: that uh, and you have touched that you were dead on with this earlier is the and uh, talking about the private performances of like well how how yeah. come nobody told her, especially
1: starting out, starting in the out. beginning before she was playing the hall and all these big performances where it's like it's a little too late to let her know now. But there was a time when she was just starting out. It's like you could have said something then. Well, um the shows were never open to the general public.
0: Oh, yes. So these were exclusive social clubs, VIP, all VIP. Only. Yes, just close, close yeah. friends. Like cherry picking your audience. Close a hole, only the close. One. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, Jenkins would. I, Jenkins would either send the invitations personally, or have control of who got them and
2: professional critics were not allowed. Wow. Specifically not allowed in. Huh. Um, That's kind of... Yeah. I mean... Yeah, uh, I don't want to blame
1: her at all, but it's
0: like... It's getting harder to. Uh, it's getting yeah.
1: harder to. That's why I say this towards the end.
2: Um, So she also knew who... Thank you, Ziggy. Uh, she also <gasps> knew... <laughs> She also knew who didn't like her. Um, oh. So
0: one of her early pianists, Edwin McArthur Mac, Edwin uh, basically who McMoon lined up replacing uh, she, okay. she fired him after he gave the audience like a knowing glance during a performance uh-huh. like a, we get this is
1: all a joke right you know and she caught it and she fired him. Wow. Um, so like on the spot or after the performance? Probably or after. Is it, I imagine yeah. after.
0: Man. Uh, man, these these small shows happened in her apartment, small venues, women's clubs at her club. Um, and her inner circle c- wouldn't tell her the truth either to not hurt her feelings. Um, but the news people and the people that like so once we get to the Carnegie Hall thing, yeah, she didn't have control who got tickets. Oh, so that was just an open thing that uh, I think Carnegie Hall pretty much handled that. I think, yeah, because before it was all Jenkins and Saint Clair. But once you rent out Carnegie Hall, they got their own people for that. Oh, so imagine going from being really, really sheltered to the most honest of honest, couldn't give two shits about you, heard of people walking in through the doors and then selling it out. Yeah. So you're not surrounded by your friends anymore. You're surrounded by by uh, the YouTube comment section. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. It is. It is. Welcome to the real world. Welcome. Ha- was it happy birthday to the ground
1: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's, man yeah that's really just like thrusting her out of the her own you know sheltered world uh, where she pretty much has all the control and right in the face of now it's public yeah
2: yeah uh,
0: um There is a, uh, uh, her vocal teacher again came in and, uh, not necessarily after her death. I don't really know when this quote was taken, but there there's opinions of like, she knew she didn't know. Um, Bayfield was on the didn't know side, uh, Schumann, her vocal, vocal teacher was on the, maybe she did know side. Um, Uh he has a quote saying there's no way she could not have known no one is that unaware she loved the react the audience reaction and she loved singing but she knew huh that's his thoughts though yeah so you you have about 50 50 she knew she didn't know um i'm leaning maybe more towards the medical side of didn't know yeah the the syphilis affecting her because there's no um and that just makes it so much more sad yeah uh because there's no uh there was no reports on like exactly what happened to her arm. I know I'm not saying that's like like the key evidence or anything or lack thereof, but like there's, there's usually if it, it, this is a pretty big deal for a piano player and if, if their hand got damaged or she's missing a finger, she wasn't, but like if a finger got broken or something, yeah, that would be about the end
1: of it. And then sometimes though you can recover and come back. So, but it would be pretty bad if she that couldn't. Would- that would also I think take a strain on her mental toll yeah that take a toll on her mental health to kind of have that passion that's kind of ripped from you and yeah that might have also been a factor
0: see that was the inspiring part of the story because it's like well if I can't make music this way I'm gonna make music this way
1: yeah you know and And getting the funds too immediately
0: and it's, it's just like a it's like a monkey's paw thing yeah it's really like a monkey's paw where it's like you uh the the wish comes true, but in a very kind of like corrupted way, yeah, and it's like you get everything you need to become a great you got a great uh socialite and opera singer, but you can't sing, wow, or you have the inability to tell that you can't sing,
1: yeah, which is worse,
0: which is worse i I'm leaning towards yeah, i think the the syphilis unfortunately it it just kept taking from her, yeah um and then like uh. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, I I think that uh, this makes the most sense to me. I mean, especially like she may have had a sense of, well, maybe they. She may have had a sense of maybe they don't like me at first. Yeah, but yeah, after thirty some years, thirty years, that's (laughs) gone. By the time she played the hall, that's just gone, and that's you're. I think she was one hundred percent in going into it before she got there of they want to see me i'm going to provide for them yeah i think it just what
0: joke lasts 30 years yeah exactly um the, the longest i kept a joke on my brother connor uh our vocalist and our band uh was probably like three the longest i could it was yeah. it wasn't even I mean, i'm not comparing the two by any means but i'm just saying that and it was a dumb joke too and i finally revealed the truth of the matter oh wow uh uh yeah as long as i could keep it up and it was, yeah. me and my dad were both in on it and it was just a funny inside joke <laughs> but this is somebody's like Dream. dreams and passions yeah. and just 30 30 years yeah um when we recorded uh so i wanted to tie this kind of into, like taking a step back i wanted to to wrap all this up i, I really wanted to tie this into thanksgiving and that i'm really thankful for the honest friends. Seriously, I, I have was going to mention life. that too. Yeah.
1: Like be that honest, especially as an friend, artist, you know. Be that person. I mean, do it in a nice way. I mean, I mean, yeah, some people might appreciate a white lie in the moment, but you'll be remembered as a friend for being just frank honesty. And oh, yeah. it's Like, yeah. Don't obviously hurt people with it, but no, I mean, no, no. no one needs a Simon Cowell, but
0: we need we yeah. need that uh what is it the the Paula Abdul niceness like <laughs> l- just uh kill him softly you know yeah very much um i mean i've recorded people i've had to give i've had to give tough lessons i mean be be willing to accept the fact that they're going to be mad at you for a couple minutes you know for yeah. maybe even a whole night but they're going to think about it you're going to get a phone call the next day i guarantee you yeah and they're going to be like you know what you're right maybe we should go back and i should try this
1: and try that in the recording sense, it happens to me all the time. And being on the other end of that, I would so much rather someone tell me, no matter how much it hurts, that I can't sing Oh yeah. instead of putting all the effort into singing to find out from someone brutally honest that's a stranger. You yeah. You know what I and mean? And that,
0: that gives no two shits about how exactly. you feel about what they're going to say, because they're just going to, uh, they're going to Anthony Bourdain you and huh. make some kind of like clever witty remark about how much you suck.
1: Exactly. I'd rather hear it from a friend than a YouTube comment. Right. <laughs> um, and they're, they're gonna, probably going to hear the YouTube comments regardless whether you do or don't. But I mean, all they can say is, yeah, I don't
0: really think it's that good. Or they can like write this paragraph of all this like artsy language to yeah. make it entertaining for the reader. Cause that's usually all those comments are is trying to entertain somebody by cutting somebody off at the fucking knees. Yeah. You know, it's just rude it's rude <laughs> and there's no call for that level of uh viciousness
1: so so be that honest friend be the honest friend
0: you are worth your weight in gold and more yeah if you especially like as we said to your artist friends whether they paint make music um run it through some filters man drafts like a uh, a lot of the stuff i i make a lot of the uh art that i make or like a Music I write usually passes through um, another set of ears before I release it, man. Yeah. And I definitely. get feedback. Yeah. Man. I got a poster. A friend of mine um, uh, would take me with a flood. That poster, if you go to our uh, other world yeah. uh, page on Facebook, uh, look up the take me with the flood artwork and it looks like an old movie poster. Pretty dope. Thank you very much. Um, that went through a friend of mine who's a fellow artist and he sent the original draft of it. he's like, looks like a pickle. It was like a pickle. Uh, i expected more from you i'm like oh well, well god damn and then he, he was right he was right i went back and worked on it and it looks so much better oh nice. so that, yeah uh, uh yeah be that friend uh also you know being that this is thanksgiving tell your family that uh you appreciate them. i you know i appreciate all of you for listening thank Definitely. you joe
1: being here thank you for doing all the research uh, this was a fascinating one. This I, is this is a wild but sad ride. I really do enjoy being able to come in here. No previous effort done on my part. <laughs> <laughs> you brought wings and, and I love you for it. Hey, thank you. If that's what I could bring, that's what I'll do. You know, <laughs> I would much rather that than you're doing a lot of work for this, and I appreciate it very much. But uh you know what? I, I thank you. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> it is so much it's so worth it.
0: I love I love these. Uh, discussions we have, but um, so thank you everybody for spending this time with us. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving or your equivalent thereof. Um, you can find uh, Phantom Jukebox on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Again, please rate and review. Yes, helps us out so much. It's free to do. You know, just takes a little bit of your time. Takes a little bit of your time. Uh, it it helps us out so much. So, Give us like five stars and then tell us uh tell us tell let's say um maybe give us a story of how you were that honest friend.
1: Or had that honest friend help you. Or yes. Is or is there some how how you helped or were helped by an honest friend? Yeah. Uh, some honest judgment that you needed to hear at the time. Yes. So
0: uh I want also to thank uh signing off here. I want to thank Kenny and uh for his actual wizard audio wizard kenny grooms yes. for the amazing work he did on the theme song Love i it. want to thank the amazing dakota galvin for handling our social media stuff yeah um, i'm not good at it at all i am terrible <laughs> uh to which you can find us on twitter at fan, uh, phantom jukebox underscore facebook phantom jukebox all one word and instagram uh phantom jukebox podcast so, yes All right. Well, thank you for tuning in.
2: You guys have, again, have a great Thanksgiving and we'll see you next time. Peace out.